From WSC News, I'm Freddie Fitzgerald, and this is The Countdown. Tonight, we have women's tennis player Mia Horvitt. We talk with her about playing at USC and what we can expect from the women's tennis scene ahead of the season. Then, the Sweet 16 is coming up for the women's basketball team against Georgia Tech. What are our thoughts and what, have, and what are we, our thoughts so far during this tournament? And finally, we discuss the potential for Frank Martin's return at the end of this episode. All that coming up on The Countdown. I'm Brady Fitzgerald, joined here today with my co-host as always. J-Dog's in the house. How you doing, J-Dog? It's another wonderful day to be a Gamecock. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, right now, let's just, get, let's just get straight into it. Let's get into the, uh, the interview. We, uh, we had the pleasure to interview Miss Mia, and uh, we had a great interview, so let's play that. Before we get started, I think we need to be a little more excited about Mia uh, Horvitt. Yeah, I, all right. Our tennis team is off the chain. They're in Ole Miss tonight. They are, they're fresh off uh, some big wins against Arkansas Mississippi. So without further ado, Game Talk Nation, uh, prepare yourself for a wonderful interview with uh, Miss Maura Horvitt. Yes, and we want to thank her again uh, for doing this, especially on the road. All right. We're going to introduce to you one of the most fabulous players that uh, USC has ever seen. Um, she is a great uh, doubles and singles player. And I just want to say and welcome Mrs. Mia Horvitt. Everybody give her a round of applause. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> All right, Mia, yeah. it's so exciting for you to be here today. How are you? No, I'm doing great. I'm here away on the road, uh, currently in Oxford, Mississippi. We just won. We beat Mississippi State yesterday, four to one. But no, I appreciate you inviting me today to be a part of this uh, this show. I'm really excited. Looking forward to all the questions you guys have to, to ask and to dive right into it. Right. Yeah, thanks for coming out. Um, yeah, uh, that's awesome. You guys just won. And uh, Jay, you want to start us off with the first question? Well, my question is, first of all, you're such a high-speed player. you got all this talent. You came from all these different places, and you were ranked high uh, at one point. I'll let Brady get into that. But I want you to tell us a little bit about the team, what your prospects are uh, as far as the rest of the season is going, and how do you feel about uh, your, your matchup against Ole Miss? So, I mean, currently as a team, we have a bunch of young girls. There's only three – well, yeah, there's only three seniors, so dealing with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores, getting them used to be a part of this culture and the foundation that we built and created from years ago. In the beginning of the season, it was tough. We took a few tough losses, but right now we're almost at the tail end of our SEC regular season, and so far this past few weeks, we just beat Arkansas, who is about 10-0, so they lost to us, and um, we beat Mizzou the following, following day, and they were beating some high top level tier teams as well. And then just coming off a match uh, win yesterday against Mississippi State. So I think that's building the foundation. Everyone's getting more confidence, getting ready to go into this Ole Miss match tomorrow. As I want to say, they're ranked top 20. So if we can get this win, that's going to set us up for the NCAAs and then put us in a good position for the SEC tournament. So I think the more matches as we're 
building together as we're focusing and um on our strengths as a team and individually it's definitely gonna look pretty good for us in these two big uh, championship tournaments coming up soon you mentioned that there's not a lot of uh seniors on the team do you take responsibility especially being this uh this year being your fifth year of eligibility being able to play um do you take a lot of responsibility in trying to work with the the younger freshmen and try to show them what's up and tell them try to teach this culture as you mentioned yeah, no, definitely. I think from an outside perspective, people are just looking mainly at the results, but they don't see the hard work that we're putting in on a day-to-day -day basis on trying to show the younger girls what it's like in the SEC championships. Because we have, we're playing teams that are highly ranked every either Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday. And it's like, whether we win or lose one day, we have a quick turnaround for the next match. So it's kind of getting them prepared for what it's like. I mean, mentally, physically, and emotionally. So we're out here trying to help them take care of business as well as do our job on our hand too. Mia, let me ask you, when you were in high school, you were a highly uh, recruited uh, and ranked player. What made you decide to come to University of South Carolina as opposed to any other school? Well, originally before committing to USC, I was planning on turning professional, but I met Kevin Eckley, who's my head coach right now, and he's worked with um, top players as well, both on the men's side and the women's side. So not only does he have connections, he knows a lot about the game. And I think the biggest thing coming here is he's not only helped me as individual on the court, but as well as off the court. So I think just focusing on molding the players as a whole rather than just kind of tossing them in, just focusing on their tennis. So he really takes um, – takes good care of us, helping us not whether we want to play professional afterwards or not, he helps build character here. And that's something that I want to be a part of. So when you, uh, when you talk about how you wanted to be professional right after high school, um, so when COVID happened and your season got canceled uh, and they gave you an extra year of eligibility, what was that thought process on if I should just move on or if I should stay here for another year? I think, I mean, it took me a while to really think, what I wanted to do in that sense of, okay, I had this opportunity. I could either start playing professional and start building my career and move forward after a collegiate level, or I can continue and finish my goals here at USC. And the way I looked at it was I still haven't finished what I, what I started in terms of playing the NCAAs individually and going deep again in doubles and going deep in, as a team. So I still have my, my little checklist on things that I want to accomplish here at USC. So that's what kept me pushing forward to stay here and strive for more. And, you, uh, oh, go ahead. sorry, I was going to say was, uh, winning some national players of the week and, uh, SEC players of the week. Was that on your checklist? I mean, yeah, those are things I think those are great accolades that I've accomplished in the past, but for me, the bigger picture is making the NCAA singles individuals and winning that as well as doubles and, winning SEC championships again, especially doing it with a younger team, showing proof to everyone that no matter what we've accomplished in the past with any team that we have, as long as we keep pushing forward the Gamecock um, culture, we can be anybody in the country. Well, let me ask you something, uh, Mia. You have won, you, you recently won your 95th career singles match. Congratulations. And you need one more to tie Natasa Jokovic uh, for sixth place on the Gamecocks all-time list. And you also uh, has you have 170 combined singles and doubles victories in your career, tying Gia Schofield for ninth place. 
how does it feel knowing that you've been so successful here and going forward for the reign of the season are there any particular goals that you want to hit any any new records that you want to leave your name and standing here at usc before you go pro i mean i didn't really realize i had that many wins until you just told me right there but uh no thank you i appreciate it i think the biggest thing that i see is as long as i keep playing my game and commit to what i know i do best then that'll help me set up for the ncaa tournament and I mean, as long as the accolades such as players of the week for ITA or SEC or most wins, I mean, that stuff is great and all. But I, I, the way I see it is if I keep preparing myself now in college, that'll set me up for a good start going out to the tour level. So with, uh, with tennis, it's kind of like swimming to a degree where it's also like, I only take, I'm only saying that cause I was a swimmer where it's like, uh, um, it's a team, but you play individually or you play with duos. Um, how does that, how does that mindset work with the collegiate level and trying to make, make sure that people stay still as a team, but also need to work individually on everything? You know, it's definitely completely different. I mean, in juniors, you're so used to focusing on yourself, doing what you need to do. You're kind of in your old, in your own bubble pretty much just all about you. It's all very like self-centered <laughs> the way I say it. But when you go into a team environment, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than what's going on in your own world. You have to focus more on not only how you're performing, but how your teammates are performing. And I mean, tennis, I know for swim and dive, you have about a hundred people on the team, but for tennis, we have about 10, 12 girls. And that's pretty big for us because for, for college tennis, I mean, you go out there, start off with three doubles matches, and you play up to six so whoever gets the set that's one point you need to win best two out of three to get the one point and then you go into only six girls play in the lineups for singles and then based on the six you have to win up to a total of four points so you have six girls out there playing singles and everyone's pretty ferocious especially in the sec conference and everyone's screaming their heads off it's not a quiet sport that you would expect to see either on the poor level or in juniors so there's so much chaos going on but you have to focus on yourself at the same time as well as your teammates so the way i see it especially as being a team captain here is the second you get on your court you just have to do your job focus on what you can do and what you can control and then after the match is over we reevaluate what everyone's done well and what everyone needs to work on and then that's how we move forward from there with um with you in your fifth year which is fantastic that you're completing last year your season was cut short and before COVID-19 uh, caused the athletics to shut down pretty much completely you had a fan base you had people come out and watch you had a uh, there was a certain fan interaction or even a student interaction or player interaction can you tell us Gamecock Nation what is it like and how is it different now as opposed to prior to COVID-19 when you actually play the matches or practices and what is actually different from a year ago? I mean, now we're only allowed to have select guests come in, be put on a list in order to come watch. So back then we used to have thousands of fans come out and support and the crowd would be super wild and you'd feel everyone on your court in the atmosphere, it was just great. And now you only have select members, not even sometimes especially when we're traveling, no one's allowed to come watch. So it's, you pretty much have to take control of the energy as a team and kind of 
create that enthusiasm rather than kind of wait for the crowd to bring it. So definitely miss having fans, supporters, locals just come out and put on a show for them. I mean, they can watch it online. It's a completely different environment as to what um, it used to be in the past. With that being said, uh, with less fans in the stands, are there uh, are there advantages or disadvantages you see while playing the actual game? Oh, definitely, especially when we're traveling away to games and we have the crowd heckling us. I mean, personally, I, I love when everyone starts getting rowdy and they try to get in our heads, but we always have this little saying, uh, don't play games with a gamer because we practice it enough during our um, team practice where we should be able to handle everything. Um, in the match play. One of the things I wanted to ask you about and is and in previous classes and, and other classes that students are having is the student athlete life. You know, with football players and basketball players, they, they have a, such a regimented schedule about what they can do, where they can go, what they can say, so on and so forth. Tell me what it's like for a, a tennis player and, and it being a student athlete in your particular field on a daily basis. I mean, for us, the way we see it is we have to handle ourselves professionally, no matter where we are, because wherever we're going, we're representing the University of South Carolina. So we have to act a certain way, behave a certain way, as if there are eyes on us constantly. Now, I mean, we're not as strict when it comes to social media as the women's basketball team, or I'm sure with somehow the football players associate themselves with other social media platforms. But the way we see it is that we have to act uh, professional because no matter where we are, we're always representing the school, our families, and ourselves. Yeah, and does that come in with any, like, with the, the conflicts with going to away games and then maybe you have an exam tomorrow? What, uh, what kind of ways did the school help you through that and help you schedule these, uh, these you know, classes? So, I mean... We always have time throughout the day, whether it's before we have practice or after a match, to do our homework. Our coach makes sure that he sets aside a time for us so we can stay on board with our school. But in terms of if we have an exam or a test, for example, one of the girls today had an exam, and we have our academic center, which is called Doty. They have their own version of Doty here as well. So we just dropped her off, and she had to get proctored for her test, and then we picked her up. So everyone's pretty on board with making sure that our academics come first, that we're all on board with that, because if we're not eligible, then we can't do our job here on the tennis court. Yeah. You know, when, one of the things I wanted to ask about social media, you know how Dawn Staley with the basketball team is very supportive of her players talking about any kind of uh, movements or events, uh, you know, BLM, stuff like that. Are you, is your team allowed to do the same thing? Is it, is, are they, uh, are your members of your, your, your team, or are you uh, not influenced to do it, but feel free? Do your coach allow you stuff like that about things that matters to you? Yes, no, our coach, he, he lets us um, discuss and share our thoughts and our opinions on what matters to us. And we haven't crossed a bridge where, we were put in a situation where we're not allowed to do that because he believes that as, as female tennis players, I mean, everyone, everyone's equal and everyone should have the chance to say what they want when they want to. I'm just so excited for the remaining of the season. You know, uh, I mean, how long of the season do you have remaining? How many more matches do you have to, to play? 
We have about five more SEC regular season matches, and then we go into the SEC championship tournament. And then based on all the records between us and the other teams, we'll see which um, ranked or seed we are in the tournament. And then after that, it's all in the NCAA, so we're kind of getting ready for the last dance here. It's a few more matches. And, uh, no, we're definitely excited to see how things go. Even though things were a little rocky in the beginning, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. What you were the number one ranked uh, player in Florida. What made you choose uh, South Carolina over like Florida or any of them? You mentioned Kevin. Was he was that that big of an influence coming over? Yeah, no, he def he definitely was. I mean, I've had other schools reach out to me, and I had other options too, whether I wanted to stay on the East Coast or West Coast. But I mean, South Carolina, like I said, specifically was mainly because of Kevin Epley. He He's had so much experience on the tour level, and he, he knows a lot about grooming tennis players and how to make them get to the next level and reach their potential abilities to become the best they can be. So he was definitely um, a major, major key role decision on why I decided to come to USC. You know, there's a few USC Gamecocks that go pro. We can talk about football. We can talk about basketball. We can talk about a lot of different things. But in tennis... We want to know about you. We want to know what Mia is going to do. How do you feel about going pro? Are you excited about it? Um, what, have you talked to any professionals to get an idea of what uh, to expect? And uh, what, what does the future hold for, for a high-speed tennis player such as yourself? I mean, leading up to before college, I used to play pro tournaments. So I've competed in the Australian Open Juniors, U.S. Open Juniors, Wimbledon Juniors. I've... Uh, my highest ranking in juniors was 70 in the world. So I've competed with all these top players, such as Sophia Kennan. Her and I used to play doubles together. We trained together. We won a bunch of tournaments together. And she won the Australian Open a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, same thing as Cece Bellas. I played doubles with her, and she's reached uh, deep into the U.S. Open. So I've competed with all these top players. I mean, I was ranked number one in the state of Florida, number one in the nation for 18 and under. So I've compete at high top tier levels in juniors and I've played a bunch of pro tournaments too. So I see what it's like. I see what it takes. So just really getting my teeth into it and just knowing what it takes. And I've been there and I know I can hang with these top players. Just makes me more hungry to get out there and start playing um, at a pro level. That's awesome. I'm excited to see it. Uh, my final question uh, is simply, when did you start playing tennis? Like, how did you get into it? Huh. So, fun fact here. Um, I tried playing tennis when I was really young, maybe around six or seven, and I despised it. I was like, I'm never playing in this sport. <laughs> My parents signed me up for these camps, and I showed up, and I was like, I do not want to do this at all. And then now, a few years later, when I was about 11, 12 years old, I signed up for camps again at the YMCA, and I was like, okay, this is kind of fun. I kind of like this now. You know, I don't mind it. I ended up doing lessons twice a week in the afternoon and then I started getting into it pretty seriously and then from then on I started really diving deep into it and then I actually homeschooled when I was about 16 years old when I was a sophomore in high school and that's where I knew I wanted to take things more serious and that's when I started playing the called ITF tournament so International Tennis Federation where people from the ages 13 to 18 play all around the world and can travel for these tournaments to get into the Grand Slams 
that I listed before. And uh, that's where I started falling on with the game, where I saw that if I can go to these awesome places just by playing tennis, this, this is the sport for me. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. That's awesome. My last question before we let you go, Mia. Um, I'm going to give you the opportunity to shout out some of your team members to let them know that you are on their side and also to let Gamecock Nation know how great the, uh, the, the tennis team is and what they should look forward to the remainder of the year. And uh, the floor is yours. Go ahead and say something great to the Gamecock Nation who are listening right now. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me again. Shout out to the entire Gamecock Women's Tennis team and to Ray Tanner and to Judy. Without everyone behind the scenes, we wouldn't be here today competing and representing our school. Also, big shout out to the men's tennis team. I mean, they're moving up right now. I think they're ranked top 10, and one of the players, Danny Rodriguez, is ranked three, so that's awesome for them. So as long as we keep doing our part here and everyone's doing their part as well, big things are coming for the Gamecock tennis teams on both ends. All right, we're back live. Thank you again, Mia. That was an Excellent interview. And, uh, yeah, so now to talk about uh, some other excellent women in the Garnet and Black, let's talk about the, uh, the Sweet 16, man. It's coming up. There's no reason to talk in shock. Yeah. We, we, know this, we knew this was going to happen. And this uh, on the 28th of Sunday, they're going against Georgia Tech, which is going to be a uh, – I don't say – I don't think it's going to be a nail-biter, but I think at the same time, anything can happen on any given Sunday. And this is one of those Sundays that's coming up that I think we should pay attention to. But Aaliyah Boston and, and Zia Cook – Zia Cook, I do apologize if you're listening. And uh, the rest of the Gamecock Nation women's basketball team is going to take this win convincingly. And I, I'm predicting 82 to uh, 67. It's a good prediction. I mean, uh, we had a we had a great defensive performance against uh, your Beavers, actually. Nah, actually, which one? I forget. Which you're not Oregon State guy. So let me tell you a little something about Oregon State. My I am from Oregon. Go Ducks, by the way. There you go. There and uh, Oregon State uh, did play USC recently. As uh, Brady, don't call me Tom, it's m- mentioned. Um, but yeah, the Oregon State Beavers, they had a had a good run. They beat their previous team convincingly, thinking that they could roll over our Gamecocks, but as we all know, that is an impossibility. But uh yeah, the uh the the South Carolina Gamecocks pounded the Oregon <laughs> State Beavers. Yes, the Oregon State Beavers uh the second quarter held them to five points. Um when you look back at it in our fourth quarter, we must, I mean, the, the backups might have been in, but it was, uh, it was only six points in the fourth quarter. But uh, to hold them in the second quarter, when they're trying to crawl back, they're only down by one in the first quarter. So the fact that we held them to five compared to our 16 is just, like, that's just a staple of who we are. Absolutely. Defense. Defense, as they say in the NFL, wins games. Why not in the, in the women's basketball? Yeah. You know? I mean, if you want to win a game, if you want to learn how to play basketball, you watch women's basketball fundamentally sound players, just as Don Staley does, does has done with our Gamecocks, and defense ruled that quarter. What I loved about this game is that uh, we got to the free throw line, We didn't, and we didn't let Oregon State get to the free throw line. Uh, beating them 14-3 uh, to 3, uh, compared to free, in free throws. Um and we got to line 18 times, shooting 77%. Um, and we out-rebounded them 50-32. to 32. Well, that's not uh, unexpected. No, we are Leah Boston and the, and the crew. I know. And uh, that just it's all, it's all type of basketball, and that's what we're playing. We're getting used to it. Um, and we talk about that with the rebounds. Bria Beal, with only three points, 
but with 11 rebounds. Um, so, I mean, everyone's coming in. They're working together. Even if they're not scoring, uh, like we've been saying all year, is that this team knows how it's, how it's working, and we're finally we're getting the kinks out. We've already lost our games. So now it's time to just finish it out. Right Absolutely. Home. Game clock nation all the way. Before we get uh, move on to anything else real quick, I want to say that I was at the dentist today. And go <laughs> dentist guy. Uh, I am from Oregon. I just want to mention and give a little shout out to him that the Oregon Duck women, by the way, um, I have to shout out. Uh, they're number six. And they're playing number two, Louisville. Um, Oregon beat number three, Georgia, and number 11, South Dakota. And Louisville is going to be a tough matchup. If Oregon can take out Louisville, that'll help us, actually, because Louisville is a tough team. And the Oregon men... Number seven, Oregon, is going to they be taking today, on. They? No, they play on the 28th. They oh, play okay. Sunday as well. And they play the other USC. Yes, uh, so go them because yep. we don't like that USC. Um, it's not, I mean, I'm glad we're not playing Oregon right now. It sounds like you're a little fanboy. They're, they're tough. Right they're now. tough. They're, they're, they're on a roll. <laughs> oh, by the way, about our, our Gamecock Nation, Boston finalist for the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year Award, the Athletic National Player of the Year, Wooden All-American, Boston and Zia, Zia Cook, Women's Basketball Collegiate Association Region Honors Finalists. Congratulations to them. Yes, congratulations. Um, and we look forward to uh, seeing them on Sunday face the Georgia Tech uh, Yellow Jackets. That should be a good game. Uh, should be interesting. And I get a lot of word uh, a lot of word that if we beat them and then Maryland advances, um, there's a lot of people saying that Maryland have a better odds winning the national championship than we do, my friend. Really? That is, it's. I'm not liking it. So yeah, I don't uh, think so. I want to crush the Terps. Um, so yeah, hopefully we get to see them in Final Four and we or the Elite Eight, and we get to we get to show them who we, who's boss. Absolutely. Before we run out of time, Frank Martin. Frank Martin uh, has been on a con- on conversation in regards to being fired. Um, it's not really going to happen, I don't think. And because here's a good note for him, I just want to pass out the word to our Gamecock Nation that Frank Martin. Guardians of the Game Award for Inclusion, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. He shares that award with McClendon. Uh, it is generated from the McClendon Minority Leadership Institute, and he shares that award with Kentucky head coach John Calipari and Harvard head, Harvard head coach Tommy Amaker. So give it out. Give it a sh- shout out to Frank Martin. He is going to remain our coach, I do believe. Yeah, I believe so too. Um, whether it's I, I hope so. The newest reports is that USC is trying to look for. Um, other teams to take his contract because they don't want to buy him out because we uh, spent all that money on getting rid of Muschamp. But I want him back. We talked about it last time, um, and hopefully he stays. All right, and right two seconds. Yeah. Gamecock basketball legend Art Wisnat. If you know who he is, he passed away. He was 81 years old, three-time All-ACC selection from 1959 to 1962, South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame in 2001, South Carolina State Athletic Hall of Fame 2016. He scored 1,500 points, 723 rebounds, 880 free throws for our Gamecock Nation. He's number one in history for that, and he was selected by in the fifth round by the Lakers in 1962. And he is also, since we talked about golf the other day, the grandfather of 24-time PGA Championship uh, champion Dustin Johnson. So rest let's peace. rest in peace to uh, Art Wisnet. Rest in peace to a legend. Uh, um, so some other things that happened in sports this week is that the NBA trade deadline has passed and having our Chris Selva traded from the Miami Heat to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, so good luck on the Sacramento Kings, Chris, and uh, go ball out. And uh, in the NFL, some major trade happened today that the 49ers have traded for the, uh, for the Dolphins' third overall pick in the NFL draft. San Fran trades... Uh, a third rounder, two future firsts, and their first from this year to Miami. 
Then Miami immediately flipped that pick for the 12th pick from the uh, – actually, they flipped their 12th pick that they got from the San Francisco 49ers for the 6th pick with the Eagles and then giving away another first-rounder. So a lot of movement in the draft, uh, and the draft's a month away. Pretty exciting. I'm excited. I am more than excited. I think our uh, the Carolina Panthers are going to come up with a big quarterback pretty soon. Keep that in mind, everybody. Talk about uh, – right before we go, right, talking about uh, Carolina and football and draft is that we had – one more scout than Clemson at our pro day. So not to brag, but we're beating them in that number. Um, and I heard that Shane Beamer said that it was the uh, it was the best pro day that he's seen. So uh, we're excited about Carolina football, and we are back with the draft season. All right, so we'll have fun with that in a month. All right, that does it for the countdown. The music for the show is called No Time to Lose by Mo- Morning Light Music. The countdown is production by WSC News and produced by myself and Jay Weaver. If you like what you hear and want to check out other WSC News podcasts, head over to GarnettMediaGroup.org or any other podcast streaming services. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WSC News. And don't forget to comment on our posts. Uh, send us messages. We want to answer them live. That does it for this week. I'm Brady Fitzgerald. I'm Jay Weaver. Uh, special thanks to Mia Horvitt again. Go tennis, Gamecocks. Yes, good luck to them. And uh, countdown ends in three, two, one.